Hello, everyone, and welcome to Making the Grade for the week ending Friday, February 22nd, 2019. Big week this week as we crown the first ever WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. So let's jump right in. We start with Elimination Chamber and the Elimination Chamber kickoff show. Throughout the kickoff show, various people promise to win their matches tonight, and Charlotte promises to be ringside to get a bird's-eye view, not how that works, of the Raw women's title match. Match number one, the Cruiserweight Championship, Akira Tozawa versus Buddy Murphy. This is an all-out drag race of a match, both guys just throwing everything out there and beating the hell out of each other. At one point, Akira has Buddy on the top rope, but he counters something by just lifting Tozawa straight up into the air, but Akira breaks out of that and hits a beautiful Hurricane Rana to the ring below. After nearly tapping to a vicious-looking octopus, Murphy retains his title with the Murphy's Law. Grade A. Fucking hell. This probably could have been put on the main card instead of the Intercontinental title match. Uh, meanwhile, Kevin Owens hates pineapple on pizza. Mark Henry talks about the chamber, and we go to the main show. Match number two, WWE Women's Tag Team Championship Elimination Chamber match. Two old cheerleaders versus the Riot Squad versus the Iconics versus Blandy Savage versus Butch and Pole Dance versus Boss Hugs. For some reason, as the first four teams enter, they all walk past the pods of the teams that have already entered. So uh, the squad walks past the cheerleaders, the Iconics walk past the squad and the cheerleaders, and then Tamina and Naya walk past all three when they really could have just turned right and gone straight into their pod. Bailey has some sort of design printed on her left temple. It reminds me of Luna Vachon, but I'm not sure if that's what she was going for or not. Uh, Riot Squad are the second ones in following uh, the... What was it? Mandy Rose? Yeah, Mandy Rose and Sonya and Boss Hugs. Uh, they send Boss Hugs careening into their pod and then fight with their clones from Absolution. Liv and Sonya get into a fist fight and both rock each other. Bailey tries to get a quick pin on a downed Liv, but she kicks out. Then a double superplexer bomb involving everyone but Sasha, who's been down since being taken out by the Riot Squad. The Iconics are next. They immediately try to pin everyone in the match so far. They then argue with the referee when that doesn't accomplish anything. The Iconics then take to beating up everyone else in the match. After beating the hell out of the boss hugs for the while, they take a moment to go after Rose and DeVille, and then the squad, and then the cheerleaders come in. Somehow we end up with the other four teams all sitting on each other in the corners, so the cheerleaders smash their vaginas into all of their opponents' faces. We then get a long sequence of everyone hitting a big, impactful maneuver on the next person in line, and then everyone is dead for a moment. Mandy and Naomi face off, and Naomi hits some shitty-looking strikes and then shoves her ass in Mandy's face. She is then pinned by both Iconics, and the cheerleaders are out. Uh, the Iconics celebrate the elimination, and everyone else recovers, and it looks like they're going to get their asses kicked when the clock counts down, and Tamina and Naya enter. They destroy everyone. They're, the Iconics have attempted to lock themselves back into the, their pod to escape. This fails obviously. They are then eliminated. The Riot Squad is then eliminated following a second rope Samoan drop on Liv from Naya and then a superfly splash by Tamina on them both. Turns out they are stars on Bailey's Temple, so it's not Luna Vachon at all, really. Uh, Naya then runs right past Bailey and through a pod wall. Don't listen to Michael Cole saying that Bailey sidestepped. She barely had to move. Everyone then attacks Tamina and all four of them pin her following an elbow drop from Bailey and we are down to two boss hugs and fire and desire. Backstabber, belly-to-belly combo almost wins things for Boss Hugs, but DeVille is able to kick out following the missed cue for the breakup by Mandy. Boss Hugs threaten to superplex Mandy off the top of a pod, but Sonya provides enough of a distraction for Mandy to fight out. That would have been a hell of a spot. 
Mandy hits the butterfly flapjack on Sasha, but Sasha is able to kick out twice. Banks then makes DeVille tap out to a modified Banks statement since her shoulder is injured. Grade A. Sweet Jesus. These 12 women beat the hell out of each other. Great match. Uh, Charlie talks to them into the ring, uh, but they're speechless. Everyone is choked up, including commentary. What a what a moment that was. Uh, we recap the Miz and Mac connection, and it is match time. Match number three, SmackDown Tag Team Champions Mick Miz versus the Usos. Miz gives a shout-out to Boss Hugs and then dicta- dedicates tonight's match to his dad, his daughter, and Maurice, who then comes out and looks fucking amazing in a shiny purple suit. They have a major announcement, he says, and she tells us that she's pregnant again. So I guess Mrs. and Mrs. got renewed for a third season. Sadly, Maurice does not stay out with them for this match. Uh, The Usos enter, and we are informed that at nine years with the company, the Usos are the longest tenured tag team in WWE history. Uh, They tease a coast-to-coast on Shane's first tag in, but uh, uh, let's say Jimmy breaks it up. Has Shane ever floated over smoothly on that float-over DDT? Uh, Shane tries to go for back-to-back coast-to-coasts, but gets caught with a super kick on the second, then a splash, but Miz is able to break up the pin. Outside, Miz is able to avoid a dive from, let's say, Jay, who hits Jimmy instead. Miz gets Jay onto the announce table, and Shane goes for the elbow drop from the top and nearly fucking dies. Back in the ring, Miz gets the knees up on the splash from Jimmy, but that only gets two. He hits a skull-crushing finale, but Jimmy is able to roll the pin into a crucifix at two, and Miz gets pinned for three. Your new SmackDown Tag Team Champions, the Usos. Grade B. Surprising title change, but a fun match. I guess that means Maurice has to get an abortion. Why would Shane be disappointed to lose the titles he didn't want in the first place? Miz helps Shane up all apologetic. When Shane gets his sweaty, his thinning hair becomes much more apparent. Paige then shows us a clip from her movie. I didn't realize that she debuted after the most recent brand split with the new sets and the LED ring posts and all that. Backstage, Dasha, or maybe Kayla, uh, talks to Leo and Bobby. No, it's Dasha. Leo calls her Dasha. Leo says they have nothing to worry about tonight. Match number four, Intercontinental Championship, Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley versus Finn Balor. For some reason, Leo and Bobby enter separately. Leo almost starts, but immediately tags out to Bobby. Bobby dominates, as he do. He poses for the spear, but Leo tags himself in, and Balor avoids the frog splash. Balor then just goes ham on Leo and pins him to become the new Intercontinental Champion. Why, it's almost as if that pre-match promo was foreshadowing. Grade B. This was certainly a better match than I expected, possibly better than it had any right to be, and Michael Cole actually pronounced coup de grace correctly. Uh, Lashley is pissed at Leo and almost beats him up, but then he reconsiders, but then he reconsiders his reconsideration and beats the crap out of him. Uh, We get the announcement that the 2020 Rumble will be at Minute Maid Park next January. That's cool. Then we recap Vince's stupid suspension. Why does no one in WWE ever appeal their suspension? Oh, Right, it's because they don't have a union. Charlotte Flair enters for her bird's-eye view from ringside. I guess she's a penguin, or perhaps an emu. Charlie is in the ring with Charlotte. She says Charlotte things, and the crowd boos. Match number five, Raw Women's Championship, Ruby Riot versus Ronda Rousey. There are far too many R's in this match. Uh, Ronda and her grumpy face are cosplaying as Sonya Blade tonight because of Mortal Kombat. Ronda wins with an armbar in maybe three minutes, but turns out wasn't even two minutes. Grade C. It was a squash on a pay-per-view. Really no different than her matches against Sarah and Liv from Raw the other week. Lame. 
Charlotte enters the ring. They stare at each other till Ronda gets distracted by something, and we see Becky crutching her way to the ring. She comes right through the timekeeper's area, and no one moves a muscle to stop her. She's really selling the shit out of this knee injury, which means I expect her to hit at least one of these ladies with a crutch. Uh, yeah, she tosses one crutch at Charlotte and beats the shit out of her with the other. Rhonda just looks on, impressed, and then oddly boo-boo-faced, and then she picks up the other crutch just in case. Becky then tells Rhonda to go ahead, and Rhonda gets all mad-faced again, and she starts stalking towards Charlotte, and as soon as her back is turned, Becky beats the hell out of her with a crutch. Finally, security and officials run down, and really do absolutely nothing. Uh, Becky gets let off in handcuffs. Bonus fucking points. That was awesome. Rhonda and Charlotte are still in the ring and at ringside when Baron enters. Match number six, no disqualification, Baron Corbin versus Braun Strowman. If any match should have been a squash tonight, it should have been this match. Strowman dominates. Outside the ring, Strowman does his lap. Corbin tries to pull a Roman and throw an office chair at Strowman, but Braun deflects it this time. He still gets sent right into the steps, though, and Baron gets to get some offense in. Braun drives Corbin through a table in the corner, and that's Drew's cue to enter from the stage, and Bobby's cue to come in through the crowd and hit him from behind with a chair. They both just waffle him with chairs. He tries to fight back, but gets speared, and the evil ones load the two stair bases into the ring. They set a table in front of the steps, and Drew hits Braun with a claymore. They add a a second table to the stack, they triple powerbomb through both tables, and Corbin pins Strowman. Really? Why? <coughs> Grade? C. Why? In the trainer's room, Miz is pissed at himself for losing. He throws shit around. Shane tells him to go home and to come back on Tuesday. Enter Lacey Evans, and we go to commercial on a pay-per-view uh back to the desk so the smackdown crew can pimp mania and then another commercial break the fuck match number six or is it seven i've lost track at this point wwe title elimination chamber kofi kingston versus jeff hardy versus randy orton versus aj styles versus samoa joe versus danny bryan crowd is huge for kofi during his entrance as well they should be also shouldn't randy have entered first since he's the only one we know isn't starting i'm surprised that they're having daniel start especially if he's winning which i think he is that would mean that the winner of both chambers started the match hmm. daniel complains about this on his way to the ring that he has to start tonight and had to start the gauntlet match on tuesday referees interrupt him though to demand that rowan head to the back it still kills me that the WWE Championship is held together with Vel Velcro. Also, the graphic for the eco-friendly WWE title is fantastic. Brian skips to the apron as the bell rings. Joe then demands he get in the ring, and Brian refuses. Joe no-sells all of Brian's offense and gets him in a knee bar. Daniel breaks out, runs some more. Joe no-sells some more. The way this is going, I'm honestly concerned that Brian won't last the first five-minute period before someone else comes in. Joe locks Daniel in a couple more submissions. Joe looks strong as hell so far. Daniel does end up making it to the third entrant, which is Kofi. He comes out guns a-blazing and takes out both guys. After Daniel takes Kofi out for a bit, he runs away from Joe and takes shelter on top of Kofi's old pod. That is, until Joe whips Kofi into the corner and Kofi slingshots himself up there with Daniel. They traverse one of the beams and exchange kicks. Joe pulls Brian down and then Kofi stage dives onto both of them. Uh, Styles is the next entrant. He, of course, goes right for Brian, and then Kofi, and then Joe. Daniel starts climbing the chamber again, and AJ hits a phenomenal forearm to the back. Kofi tries to pin Joe in the coquina like he did on Tuesday, but Joe is able to roll it over and keep the move on. Joe is then the first eliminated thanks to AJ. I was pissed about this last year, as I recall. I'm still not happy about it here. 
The time counts down and they still do the lights from above, even though we know it's Jeff because Randy's in last. Hardy is the next out. Surprisingly enough, he hits a swanton from a pod onto AJ across the top buckle. Then he gets kneed in the face and pinned by Brian. Tom then says, and we already know who the last man to enter will be when there's only one man left to enter. Orton enters. Meanwhile, AJ was in the tree of woe for a good two, three minutes, it seemed. Orton eliminates AJ by catching him on the top rope as he's going for the forearm on Kofi and hitting him with an RKO. Kingston then eliminates Randy with the trouble in paradise, and then there were two. The crowd is absolutely screaming for Kofi to win here. Two really great near falls, and we head outside where Kofi just repeatedly slams Daniel into the steel chains. They go for some kind of spot, uh, some kind of pod spot, but it goes awkward and Kofi tumbles. Daniel checks on him immediately, which was nice. Uh, back in the ring and a running knee only gets a two. I thought for sure that was the end. Trouble in Paradise gets a two. Daniel puts the label lock on and Kofi crawls for the ropes. Daniel breaks, despite there being no rope breaks in the elimination chamber. We end, uh, again end up on top of a pod, and I am legitimately concerned. Uh, they tease a suplex, but it's blocked. They tease again the other way, but it's blocked again. Brian ends up getting knocked into the ring, but avoids the giant splash off the pod. One more running knee, and finally, Kofi succumbs. Grade A. Fucking Christ, that was intense. Sometimes WWE manages to catch lightning in a bottle, and they did it somehow over the past five days with Kofi. Incredible. Uh, now I look at the clock, and it's 10.15. What are we going to do for the next 45 minutes? Uh, Woods and Big E run down just like they did on Tuesday. The crowd chants, thank you, Kofi. Is he retiring or something? Because this feels kind of final to me. Uh, Kofi soaks in the adulation as we go off the air. Now, because I came of age in the Attitude Era, I may or may not have been waiting for Big E and Xavier to throw him into the Minitron or something, but maybe that's just me. Overall grade for Elimination Chamber is an A-, anchored by two incredible Elimination Chamber matches. The WWE put together a very, very solid pay-per-view affair, which is surprising because there wasn't much to look forward to going into the show tonight. Uh, they threw in some nice surprising finishes, had Becky absolutely kick ass, and threw out a really good show. So let's see how they follow that up on the regularly dismal Monday Night Raw. We open with Hunter, who talks about how awesome Elimination Chamber was and runs down all the great things that happened, including how much he enjoyed Becky Lynch crutching the shit out of Charlotte and Ronda last night. He then announces that DX is going into the Hall of Fame and how proud he is of that, and then introduces the NXT kids who were there, who are apparently now WWE kids. First is Ricochet, then Aleister Black, then the NXT North American champion Johnny Gargano, and finally the NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa. He then points out the tables on the stage, which are there for the tables match that's about to open the show. Match number one, tables match, Baron Corbin versus Braun Strowman. Before we get to this, I want to say this about the Hall of Fame induction for DX. They've specifically named the, D the DX members who are being inducted, and it's basically all of them, except for Kane, of course. But there's one striking, at least striking to me, omission. Why in the ever-loving hell would you induct DX but not include Rick Rude? It makes no sense to me. Anyway, tables match, Strowman wins. This should have happened at the pay-per-view. Who cares? I will admit that I did laugh when Braun pulled out a table. Corbin took out Braun, and then Corbin put the table back. Uh, Braun slides the table into the ring. Corbin goes after the ribs again and takes Braun down again, and then slides the table back out of the ring. I sense a theme. Uh, Corbin drives Strowman through one table, uh, through the one table they've been fucking with the entire match, and wins. Grade C. Like I said, should have happened last night. Wasn't all that exciting tonight, with Bra Braun being busy selling a rib injury and all. Uh, then Heyman appears on the stage for some reason. Strowman grabs him. He squeals. The crowd chants for Braun to put him through a table, but he does not. 
Uh, Paul takes an awfully long time to actually speak, so long that, in fact, we go to break. Paul is finally in the ring and finally able to speak, and he has a presentation for us about how great Brock is. Paul promises that Seth has no chance of beating Lesnar, and then Finn Balor appears. When we come back, Paul Heyman has disappeared, and Finn has a microphone. I approve. I'm okay with that. He is proud to be a champion again, and he is also interrupted by Leo. This is but a distraction, so Lashley can attack Balor from behind. This continues until Ricochet appears and makes the save. I can has holla holla? I can! Match number two, Ricochet and Finn Balor versus Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush. I am quite engorged at this Balor-Ricochet pairing, I'm not going to lie. We get a slightly awkward spot where Balor has to specifically stop crawling towards Ricochet and not make a tag because Leo took a bit too long to cut him off. Ricochet wins with the super flippy indie grade. B. Great debut for Rick, but Lashley just felt so out of place here. Backstage, Drew demands Seth. Dean accepts instead and slaps Drew, so Drew wants to fight Dean. Okay. Luchas are in the ring, and we're given a recap of Vince's bullshit from last week and Becky's actions from last night. Cole tells us that if Becky pulls that shit again, she'll be arrested. Match number three, Lucha House Party versus the Major Heads. Metalik and Dorado representing Lucha House Party tonight. The Heads get an off-screen entrance tonight, probably so they don't have to try and spell Zatchk. Lucha House Party win with a Hurricane Rana grade. See, I get that it's going to be monumental when Hawkins finally gets a win, but does it have to be so goddamn boring in the process? Corey sounds like we're going to commercial, and then Charlie introduces heavy machinery. Otis is still retarded. Apparently they're brothers now? Lacey Evans then appears and does nothing more than she did last night. Maybe since they're not having her talk or wrestle, that by the time she does do either of those things, they'll have forgotten that they told her to use that horrible fake accent. Machinery then strut to the ring and back like she did. They are literally walking like the bushwhackers. We go to break. What the fuck was that? Negative points. Backstage DIY are chatting. They are welcomed by, by Glorable, who are upset that DIY are taking on the Revival tonight and not them. Match number four, the Revival versus DIY. Tommaso's Tron makes it look like his name is spelled Ch- C-I-A-R-N-P-A, Charnpa. Really nice falsy where they counter a shatter machine and Ciampa almost rolls up Wilder for three. This is followed by a nice set of near falls that adds some good tension to the match. Dawson hits a doomsday bulldog on Gargano, but the camera gives away that Johnny still had a few inches to go before his face made contact with the mat. We get the DIY special and Charnpa pins Dawson for three. Grade A. Not sure how I feel about the Raw Tag Champs losing their first match as champions, even with it being non-title, but the match itself was unsurprisingly beautiful stuff. Backstage, Finn and Rick are chatting when they are interrupted by Charlie. Rude. Finn says his piece and lets Ricochet have the floor. Ricochet gives a great little speech about how excited he is to be on Raw. Tonight, Kevin Owens comes to us from what appears to be a Chuck E. Cheese. Oh, no, maybe it's a movie theater. Enter the new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. Interestingly enough, their nameplates say Raw Women's Tag Team Champion. Interesting. Uh, The belts, unsurprisingly, have the customizable side plates. What I like about this is that Sasha's belt has legit boss plates, and Bailey's belt has the little cartoon hugger logo on it. Sasha promises to defend the belts against any team, past, present, or future, on Raw, SmackDown, or NXT. They get their moment in the sun, and then we have to suffer through Blandy Savage. Nia makes a joke that nobody gets, Tamina actually gets to speak, and we might have ourselves a tag title match. Apparently not. Good. Cole then sends us to the DX induction video. Match number five, Dean Ambrose versus Drew McIntyre. Am I crazy, or were there no air raid sirens tonight? I guess Dean is a full-on face again. Two Claymores end the night for Dean. Uh, Grade B. That was surprisingly quick and slightly unsatisfying. Sounds a lot like Jeff's love life. 
We then get How to Great Pound. Sorry. We then get How Great Brock Art, part two. Backstage, that joke sounded better in my head. Backstage, Seth promises again to leave Mania with the Universal title come hell or high water. Then Dean appears. He asks where Seth was. Seth asks if he's lost his mind, and Dean just kind of stares at him for a good moment. I laughed. Bonus points. And now, Elias. He lists off tonight's call-ups and makes me think he's facing Alistair, since he's the only one we haven't seen so far. What do you know? I'm a goddamn psychic. I didn't notice it on any of the others, but Alistair Black's nameplate is very noticeable, probably given its starkness against the mostly black background of Black's entrance, but it's an NXT nameplate. Also, probably because Ricochet didn't get a nameplate. Anyway, uh, Alistair keeps it short and sweet, and we begin match number six, Elias versus Alistair Black. Black Mass finishes off Elias after a very brutal match. Grade A, great debut. Elias was a good foil for Black to start off with, and he gave as good as he, as he got. Next week, we celebrate Ric Flair's birthday, but right now, match number seven, Raw Women's title, Ruby Riot versus Ronda Rousey. Really? This is the thing? No automatic rematches, but lose at a pay-per-view and get another shot at it the very next night? All right. And you know, guys, I think Ruby actually has a shot tonight. Ruby actually manages to not only get some offense in tonight, but also get Ronda off her feet with a throw. Ruby hits a beautiful spear and gets a two-count off it. Ruby slaps Ronda, and Ronda gets so pissed that she completely whiffs two punches, but Ruby sells them anyway. Ruby hits a crushing senton from the second rope. That looked very painful. Ruby hits a riot kick square, but only gets a two. The second riot kick only gets a two as well. Ruby heads to the top out of desperation, but Ronda avoids it and tries the arm bar, but Sarah pulls Ruby out. Ronda leaps on all of them from the top and then audibly checks on Logan after a weird landing. Back in the ring, Ronda hits a reverse Alabama slam into the top turnbuckle, then counters something into the arm bar for the tap out victory. Grade A. This was miles ahead of last night, even with some slight miscues. Possibly my favorite Ronda match so far. Ronda fights off the rest of the squad, and we go off the air. Overall grade for Raw is a B plus, the best Raw I've seen in a while, for sure. Let's see how SmackDown holds up. We open with Shane McMahon. He doesn't say anything before we go to a recap of how awesome Kofi is. Then Shane is introduced. He tells us that the NXT kids from last night were so impressive that they'll be here on SmackDown as well. He is then interrupted by The Miz. Miz recaps basically everything that's happened between Blood Money and now. Miz knows that there are no automatic rematches, but Shane is a McMahon, so he should just make one. This brings out the Usos. They goad Shane into granting a rematch, and it's taking place at Fastlane, which makes the crowd tonight upset. Enter Aleister Black tonight. All of his candles are lit. We get a commercial break and a promo video. Match number one, Aleister Black versus Andrade. So they chop, they chop off Andrade's last name, but they don't get rid of the logo on his Minitron video that's literally an A, C, and A attached to each other. They start us off by mentioning the history between these two in NXT and in this very arena in New Orleans, so we're off to a good start. Andrade fucks Alistair's face, but Alistair is able to kick out at two. Alistair wins with the black mask. Grade? B. Oddly, I thought his match with Elias last night was better. Kayla is backstage with Gargano and Ciampa. They talk about finding the spotlight and being the future, and then the bar appear to tell them to fuck themselves. Gargano throws up a cleverly worded challenge, and they just laugh at him. Elsewhere, Jeff Hardy is talking to AJ. Kofi extends a pancake, uh, pancake branch to his partners tonight. Xavier is carrying Big E like a small child for some reason. Match number two, the bar versus DIY, but not actually DIY. Gargano ends up on his own for a while as the bar take out Champa. He is quite successful at this, however, and holds his own quite well. He does finally fall to the two-on-one. Champa has enough to make the save, and then Johnny kicks out following the tiny penis backbreaker. 
He manages to hit a super kick and crawls for the tag, but Cesaro tags in and cuts him off. He kicks out of a roll-up, but Ciampa manages to tag in while Cesaro is shoulder-blocking Gargano in his own corner, and he jumps in with a schoolboy for three. Grade A. Again, that was a lot of fun, and the noobs held their own with the former champs. Joe, Brian, and Orton and Rowan are talking backstage, and then a video about Ricochet. Hey, guys. Asuka's still here. Remember her? Kayla is in the ring. She reminds Asuka about how she's been forgotten thanks to Becky and Ronda and Charlotte. Asuka says she's ready for a new challenge and enter Mandy Rose. Match number three, Asuka versus Mandy Rose. Is this a title match? Does it matter? Shortly after we begin, Lacey Evans walks to the end of the aisle and then walks back because that's apparently her gimmick now. Mandy tries to take advantage of the distraction and gets a one count. Nice. Looking good. We come back from break and Mandy's actually in control. This doesn't last long, however. Outside the ring, Mandy knees Asuka square in the face. Brutal. Mandy fakes an eye injury after the lifting knee and uses that to get the drop on Asuka and pin her for three, exactly the same way Ciampa pinned Cesaro in the previous match. Grade B. Good match. Surprise finish. What the fuck, Lacey? Backstage, some blonde woman I've never seen before is with Charlotte in her locker room. Rando asks Charlotte about Becky. Where the fuck did Charlotte's mole go? Elsewhere, Miz is walking. He finds Shane. Mr. Miz is going to be at ringside at Fastlane to watch them win the titles back. Enter Ricochet. Match number four, Ricochet versus Eric Young. The match begins during commercial in the double screen. I certainly wasn't paying attention. Sanity are outside offering their immoral support. Where's Nikki? To no one's surprise, Ricky, uh, Ricochet, Ricky, yeah, Ricochet wins with another super flippity dippity. Grade B. I wish Eric Young was on TV more. Kayla is in Gorilla to talk to the New Day. They remind us that Kofi has been in the company for 11 years, talk about how great he is, and then we get to see Big E do the announcement. That was cool. Bonus points. Kevin Owens is in the movie theater again. Same video as last night. Match number five, Kofi, Jeff, and AJ versus Randy, Daniel, and Joe. Daniel announces that his opponent at Fastlane will not be any of the men in the ring because he defeated them all in the Elimination Chamber. We go to break before he tells us who is going to be his opponent, however. Back from break and the match has started, so who the hell knows who Daniel's facing at Fastlane. After a fairly chaotic six-man tag, Kofi pins Daniel Bryan clean with the Trouble in Paradise. Grade B. That was quite the main event. Shane then appears to announce that Daniel Bryan's challenger is... Kofi Kingston. Shock and awe. Overall grade for SmackDown is an A-. Despite the best draw in weeks, possibly months, SmackDown still comes out with a higher score. It's almost like three hours is too long for a weekly show. Overall grade for the week is a B+, a low-expectation pay-per-view that over-delivers four NXT call-ups that are allowed to immediately shine, and in-ring action that was actually enjoyable makes for an actually decent week of wrestling. How about that? Uh, that's it for me here this weekend. If all has gone according to plan, you should hear the Halloween Havoc episode of Nitromania this Tuesday on your podcast dial. Make sure to visit rundownwrestling.com every day to vote in the tournament, and I'll be back next weekend with another edition of Making the Grade. Blurch. <laughs>